0: How good, are you? Good morning. Okay, there it is. I'm not hearing. But
1: my mic's on, right? Your mic is on. All Everything right, I'm going to change on. headphones.
2: <laughs> oh, you've got the uh, you've got the headphones. That are connected to the other microphone.
1: Uh, yeah, that's there probably what's going on just. there. Good bad? morning. Good
2: morning. It's nice to see. You. It's nice to be here.
1: And look who's here. It's Norm Edwards. I'm,
2: I'm very happy to be here. Uh, in for Frank. Frank's
1: on a little vacation this I week. No, My ties around the pool. It's just <laughs> not fair. <laughs> and look at us in this gloom and gray and wet. Well, it is a little bit. But you know what? I, I, it's, it, it feels kind of good to be this mild, though, doesn't true, it? True. True.
2: Now, does that? Does, does this is kind of weather. Does it does it does it matter when it comes to the growing season of the gardening season or anything like that? Or
1: well, does it I'll have tell any you, effect? Yeah, all that really really mild warm sunny weather we were having right up until just after Christmas, mm-hmm. that was pretty confusing to some of the garden plants. I heard about that. They uh, they were responding to all that warm soil and warm air temperatures, and you know people were emailing and phoning and saying, you know, I've got garlic coming up, I've mm-hmm. got daffodils poking, I've got magnolias looking like they're going to bloom any second. So thank goodness it cooled down because mm-hmm. that has stopped everything, mm-hmm. slowed it right down because those plants really need to just take a break. They mm-hmm. need a rest. N- and now,
2: will there be any uh, any effects of that come
1: spring? Like, I don't think so. I don't think anything got so far along that it would have been touched by the frost to mm-hmm. the point where it would have died. If some of those, uh, say, early blooming plants like magnolia or even the forsythia, you know, with the yellow flowers, say that had really been pushing along and started to bloom, then we got that, you know, 10, 15 below weather would have just killed those flower buds, Mm -hmm. which would have impact next spring. We just wouldn't have as many flowers because some of the flowers would have died in the frost. Unlikely to kill the plants, but certainly could impact the the flowering. And Mm. when it comes to, say, fruit trees, that can be quite frightening for the growers because the last thing you want is all your flower buds to get frosted off because then you've got no fruit.
2: Right. Now, this little mild spell we have right now, though that's not of any concern at all?
1: No, not really, because things did... like It got cold enough that things stopped and slowed down. Right. So you're right, it is above zero right now, but the ground is quite a bit cooler. As a matter of fact, the ground even has frozen to mm-hmm. some extent. Mm-hmm. So again, that slows everything down. It just puts plants into a dormant situation. If it stays five degrees for the next month or so, yeah, then things are going to start growing. But,
2: right. you know, well, you see, I've been here a minute already. I've learned stuff. I
1: tell you, we're always <laughs> learning at the Garden Show. <laughs> All right, I guess we should probably give some phone numbers sure. to people in case they'd like to share what's going on in their gardens. Of
2: course, 41636. 740 toll free 1-866-740-4740, here in the garden show with Charlie Dobbin Norm Edwards in for Frank Proctor uh, today and a little bit later on as well four one six three six zero zero seven forty toll free 1-866-740-4740, why don't we go right to the phones
1: well you sound like you've done that before. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you are just so smooth. I listen to, I listen to Frank all the time. <laughs> but hold on. Before we go to the phones, we, we have a couple of people on, but I just want to make a couple of quick announcements here. Oh, of course. Here. I'm Things sorry. coming up. Uh, Wednesday, January 13th, so this coming Wednesday, mm-hmm. the Burlington Horticultural Society is having a general meeting at the Burlington Senior Centre, 2285 New Street at Drury Lane. Elizabeth Schleicher will be speaking on design. Uh, visions of France uh, refreshments of course all are welcome there's a draw it's a it's a pretty fun group so looking for something to do on Wednesday in Burlington check that out What time is that? It is sorry good point 7.30 Alright Thank you Also on seven, on Wednesday the 13th at 7pm the Riverdale Horticultural Society meets at the Frankland Community Centre 816 Logan Avenue just south of the Danforth Dr. Elizabeth Muir will be speaking about her new book Riverdale East of the Dawn and again, open to everyone and uh, truly a fun group, no question. One thing to put on your calendars for late January, Thursday, January 28th, this is an, the ninth annual charity fundraiser put together by the Applewood Garden Club. This particular event is called Three Garden Divas. It takes place at the Great Hall of the Unitarian Unitarian Congregation, 84 South Service Road in Mississauga at 7 p.m. The Three Garden Divas, who will be on stage sharing... Stories from their gardening experiences are Liz Primo, Becky Fox, and Sonia Day, all of whom actually have been guests on this show in the past. Mm-hmm. And they'll, they're very, very entertaining and have lots of good experience and, and lots to share. So for more information, go to applewoodgardenclub.org to get tickets to this event because remember, the net proceeds will go to the Unitarian Congregation Greening Initiative Project.
2: All right. Who said January was a quiet time in the gardening business.
1: <laughs> Nobody. No. Not here, anyway. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, there's a lot going on. Yeah. Well, we're just past the Christmas season, and uh, we'll take a break? Yeah. Alright, we'll take a break, because we have some Christmas questions coming up. Excellent. And we'll get to those uh, in just a moment. Once again, the numbers are 416 or toll-free 866 740 It's The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Norm Edwards in for Frank Proctor here on Zuba Radio. <laughs>
0: change stations just because the weather changes garden tips and advice all year round this is the garden show with charlie dobbin exclusively on zoomer radio
2: and a good morning once again. Norm Edwards here for Frank Proctor with Charlie. And I do have uh, Frank's bells, by the way. That doesn't sound very good, does it?
1: <laughs> bell. <laughs> bell. Emphasis <laughs> on the word bell.
2: <laughs> for first-time callers, that's right. <laughs> Frank, if you're listening, everything is under control. Yeah,
1: we're good. We're good.
2: 416 or toll-free uh, Should we go to the phones? Absolutely. Dorothy in Toronto is on the
1: line. Hi, Dorothy. Hi.
3: Good morning. Good morning. Um, I For Christmas, I received two uh, chrysanthemum, or at least a point set of plants. Mm -hmm. One was huge, Mm -hmm. and the other was smaller. Mm -hmm. Well, the one that's so big is in the living room by the fireplace, but all the leaves have fallen off. The petals are still there. Mm -hmm. The other one that's in the back room has still got the leaves on it. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering...
1: What did I do wrong that the leaves fell off? Well, you know what was the giveaway there, Dorothy, is the by the fireplace. Poinsettias do not want to be in any kind of a draft, whether it's hot or cold. They just want to be in a very neutral room temperature situation. Like I said, no hot, no cold. uh, And bright light is nice. It doesn't have to be direct light, but a bright spot is important, and then only water as necessary. So feel the surface of the soil every couple of days. When it starts to feel dry, you know, you want to get past the wet, past the spongy into the dry, and then you would water it. What I would do with that large one that's near the fireplace is maybe put that where the other smaller one is in the back room. Sounds like it's a little cooler there. Perhaps there's a little more light there, and you can cut back the poinsettias so that if, if they're you know still get, getting the right care, they they will grow again from buds. If you just cut back sort of the long straggly branches and stems that are sticking up like that.
3: Yeah, the uh, the trouble is it's so big; mm. it doesn't sit on a windowsill or no. anything
1: like that. Um, could it go on the floor or on a small table near the window? But you're right. Big points. are <laughs> They're beautiful Thank when they're much. happening. It's about five of them put together, I think. Wow. Sounds great. Well, you know what? Sometimes, too, it's just, okay, it was great. We loved it when we had it, but mm-hmm. now it's compost, and next year's another year. Thank you, Dorothy. How long do poinsettias usually last, by the way? Some people keep them alive for years, but the, it is a bit of a challenge to keep them looking good for yeah. long, long periods. But they can go out in the garden, and they're a green plant out in the Summer in the garden, and then to get them to color up again is a bit of a challenge.
2: Okay, I, uh, I would think it would be. <clears throat> Suzanne and Mississauga is on the line. Uh, she has a rabbit problem. Oh boy, I can feel your pain, Suzanne. <laughs>
1: Good morning. Good morning. Could Good you morning. Please tell me what I can do to get them out of the garden? Uh, are you seeing them now or just in the summer? And... I saw one yesterday. Aw, little bunny rabbits looking for something to eat. <laughs> uh, okay, so are they chewing on things like vegetables or euonymus, like in the summer? Or...
4: In the summertime,
1: actually, we didn't see them that much. Oh, okay. But
4: uh, right now, they're trying the tops of, uh, what, coral bells and just about anything.
1: Oh, little brats. Well... Okay, so, I mean, there's obviously two schools of thought. One is you throw some carrots and lettuce out there and give them something to eat. The other option is, and this is a product that I have used and had very good success with. It's called Plant Skid. So it's the word plant, mm-hmm. and then it's all one word, S-K-Y-D, as in dobbin, D as in dobbin. So plant, skid. Mm-hmm. It is a repellent. It was, it was actually invented in, I think, Finland or Norway. Bottom line is it was designed to keep deer out of the gardens. Mm-hmm. And it turns out to be very effective against deer, rabbits, voles, elk, moose, chipmunks, squirrels. Whatever nutria are, opossum and mountain beaver. So if you've got any mountain beavers in your garden, this stuff will work. It is a spray. It is a rain resistant. You don't have to reapply. Uh, it's safe to use on vegetables, fruit trees, foods. It's completely organic and it has got a built in fertilizer. So you do, at the end of the day, have bigger, healthier plants. So where do you buy plant skid? And I was just gonna look it up. But if you want to trip like just check it on the web, W P L A N T S K Y D D dot com. Plantskid.com. Uh works. Totally works. So yeah. if the rabbits are chewing things or the mountain beavers are driving you crazy, get a hold of some of this stuff and uh, spray. I hate
2: those mountain beavers. I
1: know they can be such a problem. Thank What's you. a nutrient, I wonder.
2: Yeah, thank you, Suzanne. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> Happy New Year. Uh, we've got time for another quick call here. Uh, Siva. Siva in Toronto has some, some garlic worries. Uh-huh. Is yes. it Siva or Siva? Good
4: morning. It's Siva. Siva. And uh, my garlic has popped through the soil. It's like 10 inches. But now I notice the blades have fallen over.
1: Mm-hmm. And
4: I want cold. to know, will this affect them or they will come back?
1: Well, I think what you what I would do if I were you, if you can get a hold of... Dry leaves, okay. <laughs> probably not. If uh, you could get a hold of a bale of str- a straw, you know, bale I, of straw. I do have a lot piled up in my yard. There you go. Take some of those leaves that are piled up in your yard and go outside and run a, a furrow of leaves okay. around your garlic. Okay. Okay. All right. And all you're going to try and do is actually try and keep them as dormant as possible. And when it's five degrees, like it is now, the rain is falling, the soil is is thawing, and we don't want the, the garlic to grow so you basically want to keep it dormant and that's okay. what the leaves will do and I think you'll find it'll be fine in the fall in the spring but uh, in the meantime let's do what we can to keep it asleep.
4: Okay thank you. Frank okay. did play my downtown train by Rod Short on Saturday so I was grateful
1: for that. <gasps> oh, that's uh, good.
2: Yeah, good old Frank. Yeah. Okay. Thank,
1: thank you thank Siva. You, Siva. Um, <clears throat> Norm Siva called last week and she was asking a question about Amaryllis. But she made a request mm-hmm. for a song called The Downtown Train. By Rod Stewart. Exactly. Yeah. And she said, we never play it on this station. And she really wanted to hear it. Well, Frank went into this whole thing about how, oh, no, there's rules. I, I can't just play that. There's, mm-hmm. I have a playlist, you know. And so Neil, the... You know, director of music and mm-hmm. of the entire station, mm-hmm. called right away and said, "Frank, it's okay. You can play it later." <laughs> <laughs> so we, everybody's listening. Everybody's responding.
2: Well, so that's why we're here. I know. How we, good is that? We eh? aim to please. Truly, I'm glad it, uh, it got on. Four one six three six zero zero seven forty. Toll free one eight six six seven four zero four seven forty. Those are the numbers as always. Uh, you know, you and I have something in common.
1: We have many things in common. But what we are you do. referring to, Norm?
2: Well, we both you. <laughs> sierracil on a regular basis
1: we do and that keeps us our joints
2: oiled right absolutely I you know what I wouldn't go in fact I I've been using it for I think almost five years now mm. uh, and I was on it for a couple of years and I and for whatever reason, I got out of the habit of taking it every day, mm-hmm. you know, and I was feeling fine. I was feeling good and I just forgot or whatever. And it wasn't, boy, a few days or a few weeks yeah, after that, yeah. you start feeling those pains come back.
1: I know. What's and, different?
2: Well, yeah. and you start saying, "Why well, am I ever stupid? <laughs> why, why did I ever? Why, not, why did I stop taking this stuff for? And so I got back on. I'm feeling great.
1: Yeah, so it's yeah. three pills every single day with yep. lots of water, yep. and uh, it does work to keep us active. And I'll tell you, I was out shoveling slush not too many days or weeks ago, and I was pretty happy that I had that SierraSil in my yeah. system. Yeah. So, for more information, check them on the web, SierraSil.com, or give them a call one eight seven seven Joint fourteen.
2: righty. we've got some more questions coming up in just a moment. It's the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, Norm Edwards for Frank Proctor four one six three six zero or toll-free 740 4740 Lots to talk about and more in just a moment on Zoomer
0: Radio. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And a good morning. Norm Edwards <laughs> here for Frank
2: Proctor. And we're on the ball. Boy, I love this kind of weather. I feel it almost feels like you should be out in the garden
1: today. I know it's almost. amazing. Eh? It sure is perfect spring rain. I'm, I'm telling you, I didn't even wear a winter coat today. No, I'm wearing a raincoat. So
2: and it's... another nice, mild day tomorrow. Uh, Bernice in Niagara Falls yes, uh, has a question about orchids.
1: And is Bernice a first-time caller? Yes. Ah. Oh well, we've got get...
2: we've got the special
1: <laughs> first-time <laughs> caller bell. That's the welcoming bell. You now have your wings. Thank you. <laughs> What's going on in your garden, Bernice?
3: Well, I was at my daughter's for Christmas, and she is a person that can't grow anything. Hmm. But someone gave her an orchid about three years ago, Mm -hmm. and the thing is surviving. Excellent. Surviving to everybody. Now she's not sure how often to water but she she forgets it, which is probably the best thing for orchids. Yeah. But I I think that it needs to be repotted and I'm not too sure about
1: it. Hmm. It's been about three years, you say. Yes. Uh, did you notice when you were there, is it in, what kind of a pot is it in now? A little tiny pot about three inches across. Oh, yeah, you're right. It probably is time to repot. Well, a t- couple of things you need to do if you're going to repot an orchid. One is, you've got to get orchid bark, which is a special mix of chunky bark, chunky fir bark. bark, and various barks all mixed together. And that you would purchase at a good quality garden center. Okay. At the same time, I would get either a proper orchid pot, which is a pot with extra drainage holes, not only at the bottom, but around the sides. Or just a good clay pot. Definitely not plastic. So a clay pot or an orchid pot, orchid bark. And believe it or not, there are some very good uh, videos on YouTube on how to repot an orchid. Oh so it 's not that hard to do it 's pretty straightforward it 's like repotting anything number one though you have to soak your orchid bark in advance for at least twenty four hours in a pail so it 's good and soggy when you're that's what you're going to use to pot into and uh, and then it 's just the usual so the clay pot is soaked the orchid bark is soaked and then kind of s- squeezed out like a sponge then you put some fresh bark into the pot, lifting the orchid out of its little tiny plastic pot into the new pot not forcing all those roots under the ground leaving the ones that are on the surface on the surface and letting them do their thing because that's very very normal for orchids and then it's just filling in carefully around the root ball uh, with the fresh orchid bark and doing a you know thorough watering some misting keeping the humidity as high as you can and uh, it- the orchid will be so happy. <laughs> no. It will just start to bloom like within weeks if you do that because they well, love that. It has that. bloomed for that length of time, too. Yeah. Thank and you, some Bernice. Fertilizer a good idea, too. What, co- what color is the orchid? White, very
2: nice. It lovely. sounds lovely. Well, uh, good sounds...
1: luck with that for your daughter. I hope she's. Let us know how that works out. <laughs>
2: Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Bernice, and thanks for uh, calling, Liz's and in Pickering, uh, the mushrooms are growing. I guess is that what's going on out there, Liz? Are they growing out there like yeah. wild mushrooms?
3: Yeah, not right now, but they were in the fall. It was it was it was
1: immense. <clears throat> and this is in your lawn.
3: Yes. Uh, It started a few years ago, but my husband said, no, leave it. I like this. This is a fairy ring. And, Uh. well, in the meantime, they spread all over the place.
1: Mm
3: And they're not a fairy ring anymore.
1: (laughs) So how long have you lived in this particular home?
3: Uh, I hate to say it, 50 years.
1: Okay, so you would know then in the last 50 years. Has a tree been cut down out of the yard? Yes. More than one tree? Uh, In that area... Only one. Okay. So what's going on, believe it or not, is the tree was cut down. And, of course, we never can get all the roots out of the ground. We'll often use a stump grinder to grind out the stump uh-huh. so we don't see anything. And we can then put in a garden or fill the lawn over top. Uh-huh. But underground is all those roots. Oh. And those roots are very slowly decomposing. Uh-huh. And part of what is helping with that decomposition are is fungus. And so what you see, those little mushrooms popping up, uh-huh. that's growing off of the roots that are rotting underground. Oh! So it's a very long, slow process for the roots to decompose. Uh-huh. If you're super frustrated, sometimes people will start digging down to pull up the roots, but eh, oh, no. it's probably not worth your trouble. Mm, a lot of work. No, I'm not that ambitious. Yeah. The other thing is consider doing a soil test. Of the soil in the areas, you know, the, and it's simple. Just a simple pH test is what you need to do, and you can get a pH testing kit at Canadian Tire or any garden center, oh. and just do some soil, little samples around where you're seeing a lot of these mushrooms come up. I uh-huh. wouldn't be surprised if the pH is quite low, so it's well below neutral. Neutral is seven, so if your pH is coming out, you know, five and a half, six, uh-huh. then it would be very appropriate to sprinkle horticultural natural lime onto the surface of the soil, of the turf and the area where the mushrooms are coming up, which will raise the pH a bit and it will slow down the mushrooms. Oh, okay.
3: but it doesn't help if you dig them out.
1: Um, well, honestly, what you see, you know, those toadstools or whatever it is that's coming up above ground, if you can knock them off early in the morning before they open up, because when they first come up, they're round, uh-huh. and then they turn into little umbrellas, right? They open yeah. up. Yeah. And when they open, it's that opening that releases spores for more mushrooms to grow, So when my son was little, because he was a really early riser, Uh he had a golf club and his job was to go out (laughs) early in the morning and – Golf away the <laughs> mushrooms. And if you can knock them off before they open, you mm-hmm. will actually slow down the, the number of mushrooms that you see. Uh-huh. You're not going to stop the activity below ground. That's completely okay. Uh-huh. But it's that seeing all those toadstools can be quite, and it's, they just turn to black muck. Mm-hmm. It's all quite ugly.
3: Yeah, it is. And especially if you go over to a the lawnmower, they fly yeah. around and oh, yeah. then they, I guess they go more. Yeah, almost.
1: that's exactly right. So yeah, if you can knock the tops off, what you see are what are called fruiting bodies. So if you can uh-huh. knock those off before they fruit, uh-huh. then early in the morning, you're good. Slows things down. And, um, and like I said, a little bit of lime and keep the lawn as healthy as you can. Fertilize the lawn, Weed top tire. dress, overseed, you know, do what you can to keep the lawn good, green and lush. Mm-hmm. She's okay. amazing, isn't she, Liz? Yeah. She, she sure knows everything there is to know. everything. Thank you for
2: the call, Liz. <laughs>
3: Thanks, Liz. Well, thank you very much for the information. You're, You're very
2: welcome. welcome. 416-360-0740. Toll-free 1-866-740-4740. The Garden Show. Norm Edwards for Frank Proctor with Charlie Dobbin, of course. And uh, we have another caller in from uh, Brampton. Tony's on the line. Good afternoon, Tony. Good morning, Tony.
5: Good Morning. <laughs> morning. Good morning, Charlie. I am inept at growing anything. I don't believe it. <laughs> it is, honestly. <laughs> but I've had some landscaping done in my yard, and a friend gave me three Norway pines that are about 20 feet tall. Okay. And they were transplanted. Now, two of them are absolutely perfect. One is showing some dead branches at the base of the tree.
1: mm mm-hmm. Okay. So, just to be clear, there is no such thing as a Norway pine, so let's figure out what this is. Do you think it's a spruce? Are they spruces? Maybe.
5: I was told they were, they were pines, but I think they're spruces. They're short needles, okay. short and they needle. look like they're, they're like a pine needle, but they Ye- could be spruces.
1: But they kind of have that, they kind of weep. They have, um, in the sense of their form, they, they shed snow very nicely. If the snow falls, it slides right off, basically. Like they're the yes, traditional... Christmas. I
5: hadn't stow on them, so I can't tell you that. But, but, but
1: well, when were they transplanted?
5: Just this year. Oh, wow. And they're that big? Well, no, they came that big.
1: Wow. 20 feet.
5: Those In are big. Amount. I have a friend who has a tree farm, so he donated three of these trees. Nice. Wow. Wasn't
2: that nice of him?
5: <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> you must have a big property. Uh, uh, I have a, um, a ravine lot, mm-hmm. and it's about a third of an acre.
1: Okay. So 20 footers all transplanted this past year.
5: Uh, yeah, they, were done, they were probably done in uh, I would say um, September. Okay. Now two of them, as I say, show no signs of any branches being dead. Now I felt the needles above the dead, uh, the dead branches and the needles feel fine. they're not weak and they're not mm-hmm. you know ready to fall off or anything like
1: that. Right. So, what you want to do is you want to avoid pruning, but you may have to if some of the lower limbs die. Like, you, it just, you may have to, because they will just fall off eventually anyway. For now, don't do any pruning at all. And at this time of year, actually, you won't really do much of anything. But, come spring, uh, when they were planted, do you know, was any kind of, Uh, transplanter, fertilizer, or bone meal or anything like that incorporated into the soil?
5: I don't know, but I will call the landscaper and ask him. I would think you would put something in being a professional landscaper.
1: Yeah, just double check. And and also, I mean, if they came off, so they were dug from the field, brought directly to your property and put into the ground. So they probably were, um, they had a big Root ball obviously attached. And yes, were you there did. when they were planted? Like, are they, were they wrapped in burlap or they probably burlap, had.
5: A, they were wrapped, wrapped in burlap.
1: Yeah, and they probably had a big wire basket attached to them as well. And how big were those root balls, roughly?
5: Do you know? Uh, I would say they were probably, you know, almost four feet across.
1: Good. Wow. Good. And probably three feet tall, anyway, or more. I'm sorry? And probably about three feet tall.
5: No, 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 they're twenty feet tall.
1: Sorry, the root ball I'm talking oh, about. The root
5: ball, yes. Okay. Yes, yes. The root ball is about twenty. It was about three feet tall, yeah.
1: So that's good, because the bigger the root mass, the better. Um, So yeah, no, I think your best thing is call the landscaper who did the installation, ask them a few questions about what they did, and ask their advice on what they think you should do. And perhaps, well, frankly, this landscaper should be willing to come back and take a look this spring at some point, March, April, take a look and give you some advice based on what they see at that point. As long as the, the growing tip, you know, the very top of the trees is healthy and growing and yep. and still, you know, intact and straight and all those important things, I wouldn't be overly concerned about some of the lower branches uh, being a bit off colour, just because it is very stressful for them to be transplanted. But you suggest not to prune them, is that what you're saying? No, I wouldn't do any pruning un- unless the lower branches truly do completely turn brown, then you'll need to remove them. But in the meantime, I would just leave everything as it is and watch them, because September is not that long Go. It's going to take a little while for those roots to get established, the plants to settle in, uh, and at that at, at that point, you'll be in a better position to know what the survival is going to be like.
5: Okay. Would it be possible that when they were planted, we didn't give them enough water? Um,
1: I don't. Were you told what to do in terms of watering?
5: Yeah, they said you know they watered them quite often, right? But okay. know, I really can't say how often we watered them. But yeah. Um, And I thought maybe there was something that we could put in the soil now to
1: help them along? uh, Well, not now so much because now theoretically the soil is frozen and theoretically everything is just sitting there waiting for spring. So you're right. It might be appropriate to add some rooting-type supports, so transplanter type fertilizer, bone meal, et cetera, anything phosphorus-based in the spring because it's all about getting the roots out first. That's the most important thing is getting the roots growing. So,
5: okay. um, well, and all the professionals and let them take a look at it. Yeah. Like I if there was anything I could do in the meantime. No,
1: not right now. No,
5: but thank you very much. You have a great show. I'm a first time caller, and I enjoy listening. Oh, oh, there's oh. your wings. <laughs>
1: Thanks so Thank much you, for Tony. calling, Tony. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank Alrighty. you.
2: Four one six three six zero zero seven forty. Toll free one eight six six seven four zero four seven forty. And if you're a first time caller, we'd love to hear from you. Or if you want to call back, if you uh, uh, want to chat with Charlie here uh, this morning, it's easier than googling. <laughs> And you'll get a lot more information.
1: Yeah, your eyes might actually glaze over sometimes because of too much information. Because
2: uh, there's nothing she can't answer. 416-360-0740 or toll-free 866
1: um, Thank you. Thank you that you're very kind uh, for suggesting that I know so much. I don't actually know everything. I mean, <laughs> well, every now and then I don't know the answer. But uh, But, yeah, I do know a bit. I've been around for a long time, you know. Uh, if you are listening to the show and your eyes are glazing over because there 's too much information, remember you can always go back and listen to podcasts mm-hmm. and that is a wonderful way to you know if i 'm instructing too fast, slow it down, you know listen again, make notes so very simple to do, assuming you have access to the internet it 's just triple w Zoomer Radio, which is us, so Zoomer radio. Dot mm-hmm. slash podcasts as soon as you to go to podcasts scroll down there's lots of different shows being podcasts and of course we are the
2: garden show and it's a great way to spend a couple of hours or so <laughs> either here live or on the podcasts. Yeah,
1: that's right <laughs> we
2: uh, have somebody with a money tree problem we'll uh, listen to that coming up very shortly after we take a break here on the garden show norm edwards for frank proctor with charlie dobbin on Zoomer Radio.
5: Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, for Scythia and foxgloves, Marigolds, Magnolia, Lavender and Lupins, dahlias, Delphiniums, Stalks, Stalks, Hollyhocks, Tulips and Sweet
0: Williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio.
2: And a good morning to you, Norm Edwards for Frank Proctor with Charlie Dubbin here in the Garden show 416 four one six three six zero zero seven forty toll three one eight six six seven four zero four seven forty.
1: And I think you should, fess up and tell people how distracted you're getting with all this garden stuff well i am you know I'm,
2: we're i, I we're, we're sitting here talking about these certain plants and different types of plants and i'm and showing
1: him images 20 on the foot web norway
2: and we're supposed to be on the air <laughs> it's like whoa doing the show uh debbie is in tiverton and uh has a problem with a money tree hi debbie
4: Hi, how are you? Now
2: don't tell me this problem is it's growing too much money.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Not likely. <laughs> I'm actually, I inherited this plant from my daughter mm-hmm. and it was repotted about a year ago in September. It lately, in the last month and a half, um, it's the leaves started to turn brown mm-hmm. uh, we had it sitting in a south window mm-hmm. and I thought perhaps it was getting sunburnt, so I moved it now it's in an east window where it's not getting quite as much sun but still the leaves it it starts in little spots on the leaves where they turn paler green and then they just it's almost like you can see where the chlorophyll is leaving the leaves hmm just wonder what we're doing wrong
1: when you look closely do you uh closely um do you see any evidence of any insects or anything strange no i have not no okay so just wanting to try and be clear because money tree is um, a common name obviously tell me a little bit about what this plant looks like it's about four feet tall Mm -hmm. and it has the braided trunk okay yeah okay, so, and that is actually the proper name is Pakira Aquatica, so uh, and they are often braided by the grower just because they they look really kind of cool. So you have when was it repotted? A year ago in September. Okay, Tell me how often you're watering.
4: <clears throat> well, I do most of my plants just once a week, but this one I've been kind of watching. we've been heating with wood, and I find it's pretty dry in the house, so uh-huh. I've been watering a little bit more often. But when it has Aquatica in the name, does it need more water?
1: Well, actually, you would think so. But um, the the issue with this plant is that it... Two things. All of our house plants do slow down in the winter. Lower light levels, um, drier air, obviously. We don't really recognize it as truly a dormant period, but they, they truly are slowed right down. There's not a lot of growth. There's not a lot of activity. And it's very easy to overwater in the winter if we are watering at that same rate that we watered all spring and summer and fall. Okay. So that's number one is cut back on the watering. When you do water, water thoroughly. Mm-hmm. How, how big is the pot that it's in now? Uh, it's about 10 inches across. Okay. So you know what would be probably a really good thing for you to get a hold of is something called a moisture meter. Okay. It's a little probe with a dial on the top, and it's very handy when it comes to like, – because we feel the surface of a good big pot like that, and it feels bone dry. Mm-hmm. But what we don't know is the moisture level six inches down. Okay. You know, even if we stick our finger in, we're only down an inch or so. A moisture meter will send that little probe down four or five, six inches and then tell you. And you'd be amazed sometimes how much moisture is being held in that soil way down there. So the oh, it's very easy to overwater in a bigger pot. And that's what I would suspect, actually. Okay. Um, also, relocating is a bit shocking. So... Um, just bottom line is it wants a bright location, so eastern is okay as long as it's right in the window? It is. Okay, good. All right. um, uh, the other
4: thing I wondered is, I, when I repotted my plants, I used Miracle-Gro potting mix.
1: Okay. It,
4: it, does it wear out? Like, it doesn't say actually say soil on it.
1: <laughs> I know. They're all soilless mixes now. They're so peat it need to be
4: done more often if you use potting mix?
1: Uh, fertilizer, yes, because when you, you when you look closely at that bag of Miracle Grow potting soil or soilless mix, it'll talk about a nutrient charge, and it'll have some very very low numbers of fertilizer in that initial uh, bag of soil or soilless mix potting mix. So your job is to fertilize whenever you're using those kinds of soils because they're virtually inert. They have no nutritional value. Unlike our garden soil outside, which has lots of activity in it and lots of life, soilless mixes do not.
4: And should it be repotted every so often or just add to it when you need to?
1: So, okay, so a couple of things. One is only repot when you see roots growing out the bottom. Okay. or you have some evidence to indicate that the plant is truly in trouble and needs a bigger pot. This particular plant prefers a smaller pot rather than a bigger pot, so you're probably good for a couple of years in the size pot you're in now. All right. So no rush. But do for start fertilizing in the spring. Thank okay. you,
2: Debbie. Thank you. Very interesting question. Now, I'll bite. Where does the name money tree come from?
1: <laughs> uh, it's a feng shui thing. Uh, according to feng shui, money tree will bring good luck and fortune. No, your money tree won't actually grow currency, but it is a good investment. Oh. Treat it well, and you'll enjoy this delightful tree for many years. Oh,
2: all right. <laughs> Darn! I was hoping.
1: Yeah, yeah. That would be the first thing on your Christmas list, right?
2: Four one six three six zero zero seven forty. Toll free one eight six six seven four zero four seven forty. Frank. Frank in Brantford uh, is on the line to talk about uh, his grass. Hi, Frank. Hi, how are you? What's the problem?
4: I uh, Just uh, the last couple of springs, I've been at this house for about 15 years, but the last couple of springs I've had chunks of grass just ripped out of the ground, about a 10 by 15 foot area.
1: Is it the same now, area? Skunks, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Is it the same area every year? Yep. Yeah. Uh, it is probably skunks. It could be raccoons. Okay. Uh, this is where... Frank yeah. Proctor mm-hmm. the one thing he has learned I said to Norm frankly doesn't know anything about gardening <laughs> but the one thing he has learned about is nematodes and nematodes are applied to your lawn actually nematode eggs are applied to your lawn in August okay. and they will attack the grubs that are in your lawn mm-hmm. and are what the skunks or raccoons are digging up in the spring very good. Right? So you got to be proactive on this because it's kind of a cyclical thing. So, so
4: it's going to happen again in the spring, it, probably.
1: It may. Um, the thing we know about Um, the grubs, which are little baby larvae of beetles, is that the beetles party up in the trees and then the females drop straight down from the trees and lay their eggs in the ground below. So typically where we have grub damage or we have ripped up lawns is directly beneath the drip line of a tall tree or off the a eve of a house or something where they've dropped down and laid their eggs yeah, so I right
4: a, i have a really big pine tree right there maybe yeah. 40 or 50 feet tall
1: yeah mm-hmm. so that's what they're doing they're they're having a big party up there in the tree and then they're dropping down and laying eggs.
2: Now what about, isn't there something you can uh, soak into the ground? You have to water it and it soaks right down? Is, is that... There
1: used to be um, a chemical that was available in Ontario to be used in the fall, mm-hmm. but not in the spring. Um, in the fall the grubs are tiny and mm-hmm. they're killable. But as of 2008, we don't use any of those cosmetic chemicals any longer. And in the spring, these larvae are very, very tough. They've spent the entire winter down deep in the soil. So they've moved up and down in the soil. Their skins are quite tough and leathery from all that movement. Mm-hmm. There is no chemical that will kill them. So you've kind of got to let the raccoons and skunks eat them. Then you fix your lawn in May and June. And in August, you go to your local garden center, you get some nematodes, you follow the instructions, and you apply in that area. And you shouldn't have that problem in spring 2017. Did
2: you get that, Frank? Nematodes? Nematodes. I've got it. That's awesome. Uh, first-time caller as well. Oh, oh, oh excellent. Oh.
1: This is so good. You got Frank's bill. All right, and All you've right. got wings. <laughs>
2: <laughs> thank you, Frank. Okay, thank you very much. And good luck with that.
1: Thanks for Boy, calling. I know
2: that problem. I'm going to take a quick break and uh, be back with more here in the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Norm Edwards in for Frank. Uh, and a lady who has some heart-shaped leaves. That doesn't sound like a problem to me. We'll find out more coming up in just a moment here on Zoomer Radio.
0: Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio,
2: and you know more than just garden tips. Tips for staying healthy and feeling well as that, well.
1: That's right. Have you ever tried the Sierra Sil spray? The topical I have. spray. Did I you, have. Did you find it? It's worked? terrific.
2: And it takes. It doesn't take long at all. I, I have some joint pain here in my uh, my thumb, mm-hmm. and I was talking with uh, Dean Maley and Michael mm-hmm. uh, from Sierra Sil. This is a while back, and they they said, "Hey, we've got this spray. Give it a shot." I sprayed it on my thumb. Five minutes later, the pain was gone.
1: I know. it's And I think it's because it's like it's an oil-based spray. So you yeah. rub it to rub it in, and then it warms up, and it smells amazing. Yeah. And Frank's big thing is that he feels like he's fallen out of a pine tree whenever he <laughs> sprays it on. And I'm going, well, well that would hurt. Wouldn't
2: be the first time for
1: Frank. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So, so we have him eating sierrasil pills every day so he can climb the pine trees. And then as he's falling out of the tree and getting hurt, of course, we're spraying him on the way down to handle all the muscle pain. So it's really it's a really good kind of a system for him, but it really does work. It's made a magical, uh, it really way. is completely and, natural.
2: And I'm sure that you have received, as I have, uh, emails from listeners who have, have tried uh, sierra sil. Mm. Uh, so many stories about uh, folks who have given it a shot. And uh and, and how much better they feel and they're so glad they did.
1: That's right. And it's a fourteen day money full money back guarantee that if mm-hmm. it doesn't make a difference for you, all your money back and you should feel better within fourteen days. So that's kind of where the phone number comes from. Give them a call for more information one eight seven seven joint. 14, or check them on the web,
2: right. com. Absolutely. I think you can find it at the Rexel Pharma Plus uh, pharmacies. True. At, as well? As well, yeah. Uh, Charlotte and beautiful St. Catharines. Isn't that the flower of the garden city, St. Mm-hmm, Catharines? Yeah. Uh, and thurium, heart-shaped leaves. Hi, Charlotte.
1: morning. Good morning. Good morning.
2: Is there a yes, problem? I have a nice,
4: healthy green plant, but I'm not getting any of the red leaves.
1: Oh, the red, uh, well, flowers, yeah. flowers. But you're right, yes. they are technically leaves. So what are you, when, how long have you had it? I've had it about six months. Uh, okay, and have you got it in a fairly bright spot? I do have it in a
4: nice, bright spot. The leaves, the green leaves are nice and healthy and shiny, shiny. But I'm not getting any red, okay. any
1: of the red ones at all. Now, how often are you watering? Um, oh, probably once a week. Okay, because they do like to be kept fairly moist. Okay. So, you know, this kind of goes back to, um, uh, our caller about the money tree yeah. don't water on the calendar water based on feeling the surface of the soil okay. just feeling the sponginess and that that's a plant that does doesn't want to be soggy so you you know you wouldn't water if it's feeling really damp but you just want to get it to the till the the sponginess is just starting to disappear and then you're going to water thoroughly a bright spot is great it's happy if it's in uh, direct sunlight Uh, In the wintertime, we often don't have a ton of activity from the plants in terms of new um, growth and, and new flowering. Do you fertilize at all during the growing season? I did. I did fertilize it when I first got it, but okay. I haven't fertilized it this winter. Yeah. So, and and don't. I mean, winter, as I've mentioned, is a slow time for plants. They're not doing a ton of growing. But starting yeah, February first of March at the latest, it's time for us to pull out our fertilizer and start monthly, minimum monthly, fertilizing all of our house plants okay. to uh, encourage flowering and new growth. And uh, and I think you'll find it It could just be that it's, you know, plants kind of take a break sometimes. Some plants, like African violets, will bloom nonstop if you look after them properly. So, yeah, it's just, I think, probably a matter of being careful to maintain the water. Mist it if you like to. Keep the humidity up as much as you can. Keep okay. it out of drafts. Bright sun.
2: How big is it, uh, uh, Charlotte?
1: Oh, it's not that big. It's,
4: a, it's about a, um, six inches in diameter.
2: Mm-hmm. How big do they get? Will they get...
4: Oh yeah, yeah eventually. If you it's can, not very tall. The, yeah, yeah, they, they never get super seem to be getting oh.
1: very
2: tall. It's getting wider.
1: Yeah, they never get super tall. I mean, they're most are eight or ten inches tall. Do they're they go outside,
2: super... outside? It comes summertime, or
1: not usually, but you could absolutely. Yeah. It's a tropical plant. They're they're really interesting because they're shiny and they're bright green. And when they do flower, they're quite amazing. As I was showing you here in the mm. some of these images, they're cr- really quite a beautiful well, plant. Baron, it's very very pretty. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now I just
4: want to ask you, it's in a, it's in a fairly large pot. Should it be maybe more root bound in a smaller pot? Did you transplant it recently? Yeah, not recently, no. Mm-hmm. I transplanted when I first bought it.
1: Okay. So, obviously, leave it in the pot it's in now okay. and don't transplant unless there's indication that it is pot bound. Okay. Meaning roots are growing out of the drainage holes, et cetera. Um, and remember, when we do transplant, plants it's a process for them to get established in the new pot and that's often why we don't see flowers because the f- plant is frantically growing roots to fill that pot <laughs> okay okay. Thank-, okay thank you very much thank you charlotte thank you for- bye-bye oh charlotte i bet you she was a first-time caller uh well i think we should just give her the bell for yeah, Charlotte. I don't remember Charlotte ever calling before.
2: So. Uh, for, we just have a minute or two here. Okay, we go fast. 416 Ron from Hillsburg is uh, on the line to talk tomatoes. Hi, Ron.
5: That's good morning. Morning. Uh, good morning, Charlie. Uh, I'll keep it brief. Uh, I, I'm i a tomato guy. I, I'd sooner have a big slice of beefsteak tomato than, uh, than a real steak. Uh-huh. But, uh, uh, the year before last, my tomatoes look great. I had a lot of them. They uh, just about the time they start ripening a bit, of course they all uh, the the vines suddenly turned you know, gray and, yep. and everything
1: mm-hmm. rotted. Mm-hmm.
5: So I thought, okay, uh, obviously I got some kind of blight in the soil, and everyone around me is having the same problems. So yeah. I bought a whole bunch again this year, and I potted them with you know Okay, fresh soil. Good idea. And I thought, you know, it should. And they were poor right from the get-go. They never really seemed to to want to. Mm -hmm. You know, get very uh, uh, big and lush or anything. And uh, again, they all died uh, before I could really get any tomatoes out of them. Hmm. Um.
1: Okay, so just a quick answer to a good question. You're absolutely right. In 2014, early blight was a big problem for almost everybody. So your idea of going into pots was brilliant. However, for that to be successful, you need really big pots Sort of the size of half barrels at the, for beefsteaks anyway. Half barrel, it would be your, your smallest size for a beefsteak tomatoes. One plant per barrel. Half good quality potting mix and half good quality compost mixed in or triple mix mixed together. Beefsteak planted, staked, and fertilized regularly. Every 10 days, fertilized with an all purpose or a flowering plant fertilizer, watered, perhaps daily, depending on the kind of rainfall and temperatures we were having, and you should have been able to, you know, get good tomatoes. But, you know, growing tomatoes in beef steaks, particularly in containers, does require, you know, big pots, good soil, and lots of water and fertilizer.
2: Okay. Thank you, Ron. Great Thanks, question. Ron. Yeah, really good. Hey, listen, just we have only have a couple of seconds mm. here, but uh, what's the story with impatience this spring? Are they coming back? To, didn't they? They suffered a mold thing there a few yeah, years ago. Downy
1: mildew. Uh, so there are, is a new. Ver, um, I'm just trying to remember the bounce series. <laughs> I always remember that from the laundry thing. Mm. Uh, there are some. Well, the New Guinea or Sunshine impatience were never a problem. It was the traditional. Impatience that were not making it, but there has been a new series developed called Bounce. Impatience that mm-hmm. look like the old impatience that do survive and are not knocked down by powder by uh, Downy mildew. So you can look for those if you miss your impatience. Okay, bounce, okay. bounce impatience. Yes. Hey, thank you, thank you, thank so you, much thanks for, for having me. In.
2: I enjoyed it thoroughly.
1: Uh, I'm so happy you came, and I think you know I'm just going to have to tell Frank you gave him a run for his money.
2: <laughs> well, hey, listen. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Frank's in, uh, in Florida right now. He'll be back next week. He will. Uh, But if you want to take another week off, Frank,
0: that's fine with yeah, me. Right.
1: Well, thanks so much, Sebastian, and to all our great callers. See you next week.
0: This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740.